So, Rachel. Yeah? Commander Riker is assigned to temporarily be the first officer aboard a Klingon vessel as part of an officer exchange program. Ooh, now we're talking. What do you think you're going to get? It'll be fun, and he'll be the straight man among a bit of zaniness, I hope. Mm -hmm. One of the women will fancy him, Worf will try and impress, and then become frustrated with the Klingon exchange student. (laughs) All right, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. Watches Star Trek. Welcome aboard the Enterprise. I'm Commander William Riker, your first officer. Those of you who are here as replacements can step outside and follow Lieutenant Lewis. He will assign you to your crew quarters. Ensign, you're here on the exchange program if you would just follow Mr. Crusher. Mordok, what are you doing here? You couldn't have graduated the academy already. I am not Mordok. I am Mendon. Ensign Mendon from the planet Benzar. Sorry. It's a friend of mine. You look just like him. We are from the same geostructure. Naturally, we look alike. How do you tell each other apart? We just do. <laughs> Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackett. And I am Chris Lackey. And we are at RachelWatchesStarTrek.com and, of course, on Patreon. That's right. And here we are in the second season of The Next Generation. Things are starting to hot up at last. Finally. Woo! Yes. We get this episode and the next episode is one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. So I hear. Two in a row. Bam. In mm-hmm. your face. I got to say, coming back to this one, I was going, boy, maybe I overestimated how much I enjoyed this episode. I did not. Good. And it's pancake day as well, so gosh. There you go. It's a twofer. (laughs) This episode is called A Matter of Honor. Well, of course it would be. It's about Klingons. It begins with the Enterprise picking up some folks from Starbase 179. As we heard at the top, Wesley thinks the Benzite is the one that he met before, Mordok, in the episode Coming of Age. Yeah, low self-esteem, Mordok. <laughs> but it's not Mordok. This guy, Mendon, is played by the same actor. Oh. So you really can't fault Wesley too much for oh. getting confused. Maybe that was a little in-joke then. Or oh, it's just because the faceplate was made for that actor and they oh, could to save be. some money. Could be. Know. Or maybe they were just saying that the differences in this alien species are very subtle. Yeah, that's classic Star Trek, though, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody looks the same and acts the same in, in well, alien species. Sure, that's classic Star Trek, but I think this episode shows us that there's a little bit more wiggle room in yeah. the different alien cultures. And yeah, you're right. It gives us the homogenous Benzites versus the Klingons who have a few differences. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not in hairstyles, no. not in food preferences. They were all eating the same thing. Interpretations of honor. We'll find out later. There you go. Now, Mendon is a bit of a brown noser and seemingly full of himself. Well, he's really keen and honest without realizing how he comes across. He's not making friends and influencing people, though. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, I think, is really all about culture and prejudice, changing expectations and trying to have a bit of empathy and not be so judgy. Yeah. He's the new guy at school. He's not coming across great, but of course, Wesley's still going to be super nice to him. Oh, yeah. He's Wesley. Riker goes to the phaser range to meet up with Picard. They do some shooting while talking. A bit of Pope in the pool. Oh, yeah? What's that again? For your screenwriters out there. Uh, That's when you have some exposition that you want to 
uh, communicate to the audience. But uh, instead of just having two people sitting in a room talking, they do something else. The famous example they give in the book, Save the Cat, which I often reference, they have the Pope take off his robes and he's in his <laughs> swimming suit and he jumps in the pool and swims around and does laps as he's having a conversation. So you're oh, like, as he's having the conversation. He's not just in the background. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he's talking while he's swimming. But you're like, the Pope swims? Oh, so, that makes more sense. I was imagining sort of Fast Times at Ridgemont High or something, which I haven't seen, but oh. I assume has some pool parties in it. And then there's just a Pope who shows up at the pool party, gets his kit off. No. It's not that. Mm, that no. makes more sense. It's saying that, look, if you've got some exposition that you need to get across, have people doing something. Well, yeah. And so they're having a phaser range, little shootout kind of video game thing. Yeah, love so, it. So it's very dramatic. I don't love it. It's okay. It's okay. Bit like Beat Saber, we're getting into that on the VR now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good to keep their accuracy up. Of course. Riker will need it. Picard doesn't do much, so he might not need it, but... Yeah, you got to keep sharp. Picard brings up this exchange program, and Riker volunteers to serve for a time on a Klingon ship. The IKS PA. And I think that stands for Imperial Klingon Ship. All right. I think that's what that stands for. Uh, Riker says he wants to do it because no one has ever done it before. But don't you mean no human has done it before. Oh. There's lots of Klingons serving on their ships. Oh, yeah, but he didn't mean that. He means the first person to exchange with them. Open your mind a little bit, right? No, Riker. he doesn't mean the first person to ever fly a Klingon <laughs> ship, does he? He's talking about the first non-Klingon to do it. And how does he know that they haven't had any other exchange students, sir? Well, I guess he's a know-it-all. He's a bit of a know-it-all. Nice try, Star Trek, though. <laughs> no one. No human is what he should have said to be very specific. I think you're being a bit pedantic there. Maybe I am. Maybe you are. So that's how exchange programs work in real life as well, isn't it? Just whoever's nearest, when you hear about the idea, just swap with them. <laughs> no selection process, contracts, training, preparation. What could possibly go wrong? Well, maybe there is a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of training and a as bunch if. of reading of manuals. Sure. But they, they spare us from having to watch those details Yeah. for once. Well, that's good at least. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it look like, at least, he finds out about it, offers to do it, has some Klingon food that night, and goes the next day. Pretty much. And they're not really on board with the idea when he gets there, which is just a recipe for disaster. Uh, I think it's a recipe for, for, fun. for a fun episode. <laughs> we cut to Riker drilling Worf about Klingon culture and serving on a ship. He asks Worf... If one of the duties of the first officer is to assassinate the captain if he becomes unfit for duty. Ooh. Worf says, sure. It's worked oh. out for centuries, so, you know, oh. don't buck it. Yikes. Riker says, man, that is pretty different from the way we do things. And Worf solemnly says, many things will be different. Ooh, I love it. Can you imagine how many times Kirk and Picard would have been killed if this had been the case in oh, Starfleet? <laughs> the times they've been incapacitated. So for Worf, is this all based on research? Or has he trained with the Klingons at some point? Now, as far as I know, Worf grew up in part on a Klingon colony in Kittimer. And I'm not sure how old he was when his parents were killed and he was adopted. It's mm. a bit ambiguous. But I think he was between like the ages of 8 and 12. Oh my gosh. He was adopted by the Ruzankos. We get more of this later, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything for you. So he was fully established as a being by the time they adopted him. Oh, yeah. Wow. He also has a human brother, Nikolai, and he grew up on a farm in Russia. Wasn't quite sure about that. His human parents tried real hard to teach him about Klingon culture, but, you know, how much did they really know? Mm. I know that Worf did go to Kronos when he was 15 years old and he stayed with cousins of his. 
And he stayed there for a bit. So he went through a lot of the Klingon indoctrination and culture. And I think he went through like some of the trials of manhood and all those things as well. But he did return to Earth soon after all that stuff and then decided he wanted to join Starfleet. Get ready, Belva, our niece. When you're 15, (laughs) we've got some ceremonies ready for you. (laughs) On the bridge, Menden is really full of himself and his big ideas. Oh, he's so innocent, though. He's just noticed the improvements that could be made and wants to tell them. Yeah, he really wants to tell Picard specifically about them. And then Wesley doesn't dissuade him, which is kind of a dick move. Do you think? I thought he was just believing in Picard so much and how he listened to everybody's ideas. Maybe, but he would know that there is a chain of command, that you go to your Uh. superior officer, and then if he thinks it's a good idea, or she, they send it up the chain. Mm, Maybe this is just more proof that Wesley is treated differently from everybody else. Oh, true, yeah. And his ideas are more worth listening to. Well, yeah, maybe super genius. Uh, The Klingon ship has arrived, and Mendon does a scan, and he finds something strange on its hull. Mm. It's got some kind of weird life-form bacteria thing, but he doesn't report it. What? In 10 forward, Riker is chowing down on some Klingon food, mm-hmm. Pippius Claw, Heart of Targ, and of course, Gah. <laughs> They've just replicated all this, have they? Yes. There's not really a Heart of Targ. I don't then, think so. Yeah, it's replicated stuff. Vegan? Could be, yeah. I, I guess it would be. Yeah. If something is made from animal protein that mm. no animal is actually killed, is it still vegan? Yeah. If honey's not vegan, obviously that had real bees involved. Yeah, it had real bees. So if you didn't have real bees involved, is it vegan? Yeah, I guess so. No animals are harmed or enslaved. Yeah. Well, don't tell the Klingons. They won't want to be vegan, will they? I guess so, yeah. Well, Pulaski's there, and she's just super grossed out by it. Of course <laughs> she is. He got stuck in with those worms in Conspiracy. Yeah. He's just as willing now. Doesn't really seem that bothered, does he? Nah. Do you think he likes grossing people out and showing off about how tough he is and how oh, he yeah. can just take anything? Well, he really wanted to be on those um, game shows. Oh, did he? You have to eat these... Oh, do you Goat mean... sphincters. Oh, so I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah, that type of thing, yeah. It's the equivalent of eating a vindaloo curry at the end of a drinking night, I guess, and asking for the hottest curry oh, you geez. can get. Or something. I, I don't know. I've never been that guy. Well, no, far from it. Yes. <laughs> can I have mild yogurt and poppadoms, please? <laughs> mild yogurt, please. <laughs> What's the weirdest food you've had? It's escargot. Yeah, I think that's probably mine as well. I had that in France once. It was all right, wasn't it? I like garlic. It was a little too chewy for me. Oh, well, yeah, mine must have been cooked nice. I didn't like the consistency of it, but maybe it wasn't cooked. We haven't tried any insects, have we yet? They're supposed to be I, quite, quite nice. I did. I ate some ants, and it doesn't taste like anything. Well, not if it's chocolate covered. Yeah. you got to stare it in the eye and eat it. Oh, but they're so small. If you look at a prawn, if you have to actually peel a, a big prawn, that's really weird, isn't it? You're not going to get many insects that are oh, yeah. weirder than that. No. It's just... What you're used to. There is a company that's making insect protein, drying them out, crunching them up, and making this powder stuff that you use to make proteins. Oh, right, and, yeah. Because it's super environmentally friendly. But these huge insect farms, and then they produce, you know, no carbon emissions. The concentration of protein in them is higher than any other kind of yeah. protein source. And they don't live that long anyway. Yeah, they're really easy to raise, and they reproduce quickly. Are you going to eat them? How do you feel? Oh, I would, yeah. Yeah, we don't really eat fish anymore, though, even do no, we? So no. maybe it's not nice to eat insects. Picard shows up and he wishes Riker well, uh, since he's leaving in a matter of minutes. Yeah. On his way out, Worf gives Riker a transponder, which is kind of like a little signally thing, mm. just in case. Yeah, good, good idea. So presumably the Enterprise is going to stick around 
just in case he yeah. needs to use that. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> in the transporter room, O'Brien gives Riker a bit of a hard time. He goes, so you're not scared, are you? And Riker's like, no, why should I be? And he goes, whew, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> he only gets a few minutes in this episode, but he always makes the most of them, doesn't he? Yeah. Good old O'Brien. He's pretty, he's pretty good. He's no uh, Scotty from Star Trek New Voyages, though, is he? <laughs> For stealing the show. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, he's good. He's really, I see why they, they keep him around and they yeah. give him more stuff, because he's, he's a good actor and he's there's a the lot going on He's got the charisma, hasn't he? He does. Yeah. Captain Cargan calls over and is a bit gruff with Picard. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Picard says, you'll be getting a fine officer. And he says, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I was like my dad. <laughs> I've got an interesting story for you. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> the Klingon ship leaves and Menden has already rubbed Worf the wrong way. <laughs> Menden then goes right to Captain Picard with his ideas. But Picard shuts him down and says, there is a chain of command. Mm. Report to Worf. Wah, wah. Oh, such a bad idea. What if Worf is completely unapproachable? For very little reason, he's upset with you already. Worf storms right up in his face and says, Impress me. No, whoa. He does not storm up into his face. He slowly saunters with intent. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like this menace as he just yeah. slowly comes up to him and he gets right close to him and he goes, Impress me. <laughs> I liked it. You didn't say it as sensually as you just did. Oh, right. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> More medicine. There is a lot of great moments in this episode. Yeah, that was funny, but it is stupid experts, and we'll talk about that okay. later. <laughs> On the Klingon ship, Riker is brought to the bridge. It's the TOS movie-style Klingons with the tight trousers, armored shoulders, long, messy hair. Cargan, mm -hmm. the captain, is pretty intimidating. No welcome banners for the exchange student here. Yeah, I'm not sure if the set... The set's cool, isn't it? I, it might be the same set from Star Trek 3 and 4. Could be. They might as well have. But it's maybe not. a small not. ship, isn't it? Small crew. It is small, Low yeah. ceilings, mm -hmm. sort of beams everywhere. Yeah. Commander William Riker of the Starship Enterprise. That is incorrect. I don't understand. You are Commander William Riker. First officer of the Klingon cruiser the Pa. Or do you intend to disobey Federation orders? I have no such intention, sir. Exactly where are your loyalties, Commander? I'm afraid I still don't understand, sir. This ship is equipped with our best weapons and our finest warriors. Although we are on a peaceful mission, we are ready to go into battle instantly. I know I can count on every Klingon warrior in this crew to serve and die in that battle. So I ask you again, Commander Riker, where are your loyalties? I've been assigned to serve this ship and to obey your orders, and I will do exactly that. Will you take an oath to that effect? I just did. <laughs> Dude, I like that scene. Oh man, Riker's rad in this episode. This <laughs> yeah, is the is episode actually. that makes you really dig Riker. Like yeah, is this the turning point? He's kind of quirky in this episode. Yeah, yeah. He's got the kind of badassery going on now, hasn't he? Yeah. And I think this is what he was kind of supposed to be from the beginning, and it yeah. took this script to finally bring it home. Yeah, he just looked kind of smug and then just faded into the background until now. Yeah. Because Cargon comes across as a real piece of work. Oh, he does. But I can also see where he's coming from and that he's kind of toying with him a bit. And Riker knows exactly what to 
say. Yeah. But ooh, what a conflict, you know? It's good. Yeah. Well, Cargan tells Clag, who's the one below Riker now in the mm-hmm. chain of command, to speak their language because he just started speaking Klingon, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. It'd be better if Riker had learned Klingon yeah. or brought a universal translator, though. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, no, a bit rude making them speak English, isn't it? Clag, the second officer, doesn't believe Riker is going to be loyal to the Klingons. Yeah. So he challenges his authority. Now, Riker... He understands this is how things are done on a Klingon ship. and On his five minutes of research. We don't know how long. A lifetime of research. He probably did a module in it yeah. a few years ago. Who knows how long he was talking to Worf. They could have been there for days. <laughs> we know they were nearby, and that's why they chose this ship. Well, but maybe they're just fannying around for weeks in that position. I don't know. See, the, this is the thing about these episodes. When you like them, you don't nitpick <laughs> them. This was an episode I didn't like. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm like, just, just go with forget it. it. This is rad. <laughs> So Riker, since he's ready for this, Riker just kicks Clagg's butt and Clagg then accepts his role. Yeah, he had to do the dominance thing. Yeah. That had to be done, didn't it? it that's did. not how you would do it on the, the Enterprise. Ship? No, no. no. Well, that's how it's got to be done here. Yeah. Well done, Riker. Yeah. On the Enterprise, Worf detects something growing on the hull of the Enterprise. Not finally. Oh, it, no, on the Enterprise. Yes, it's oh, the space no. bacteria. And Mendon goes, oh, yeah, you know, they had that on the Klingon ship. <laughs> And they're like, uh, why didn't you tell anybody? And he goes, oh, well, I'm still working on my analysis. Because like, nobody flipping trained me. <laughs> kind of <laughs> shoddy operation is this, bits and bats. Yes. Well, he states that Benzite regulations are that you're supposed to do a full report before you give it to your superior officer and mm. have a solution ready before you report it. Wow. So don't they work as a team to solve crises? Well, you would think that. Yeah, that's probably a better way to do things. Yeah. And I guess that's what this exchange program's all about. Oh, yeah? I like their way of doing it in some context, but not in a crisis situation. exactly. Yeah. Picard is annoyed, but respectfully tells him that Starfleet protocol is to tell your superior officer immediately something that might be potentially a danger. Yeah, maybe if they'd given him a manual to read on his way in. That would have been on the first page. Maybe they did, because he knows all about the starship operations and things. He's obviously trained. Right. He just forgot about that bit. He's too focused on how ops works and how he can maximize the ops system to be paying attention to the protocols. But he can't do the interpersonal stuff. Exactly. Got it. Back on the Klingon Bird of Prey, Riker is eating in the rec room. Oh, I love this scene so much. He's chowing down on the food, and the Klingons are mostly impressed. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun scene. The Klingons really enjoy their downtime and love hanging loose, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of racist. As, Is it? As though you'd sort of present this savage race. Oh, look at what they're eating, and look how ugly the women are, and that kind of thing. You thought the women were ugly? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought they were beautiful. But yeah, it also gets us to identify with them, so it's... It's a nice kind of balance there, I guess. Yeah. There's this female Klingon that's eyeing Riker up pretty well. <laughs> and they offer him some gawk. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. But when they give it to him, it's alive. Yeah. Well. And he's like, oh, I didn't know it was alive. And Klingon goes, well, oh, I'm sorry. If, if you want something easier to eat, we can ask one of the females if she'll breastfeed you. <laughs> well, that gets a big laugh. <laughs> <laughs> they love that. And then Riker. He joins in like a good in. sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He laughs, too. And then they joke around a bit more, and Riker holds his own and seems to be like a fun guy, like he's fitting in with them pretty well. And the Klingons admit they didn't expect humans to have a sense of humor, and he says the same thing about Klingons. Unlike Worf, you guys have got a sense of humor. He says, oh, what a drive-by. He 
doesn't say unlike Worf. He does mention Worf. Does he say yeah. Worf's perspective? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, these guys love having a good time. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's another female Klingon there as well. And I think they both go off and have a threesome with one of the guys at one point and then the sort of less attractive one says I might come back for you <laughs> that was Riker. a good one yeah, but Riker kind of laughs and he looks for a second and he goes to, to, to Clag and he goes Wait, is she is serious? She serious? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be fun if it was uh, gender reversal would it? but it is fun because it's not oh right yeah So it's true check yourself before you wreck yourself Chris Wait, why am I checking myself? <laughs> it's played for laughs because it's a woman being the predatory one, but well, I don't know if she's, know, she doesn't have the power. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the first officer, so he's, he's in charge. He's got the power. Yeah, she's yeah. just into him. She's just, she's saying, yeah, I'll come back for you. <laughs> if you're up for it, that's implied. That, did she but yeah. That's implied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation gets a bit more serious, and they talk about their families, Riker and, and the Klingons. One of the Klingons said his father died in battle, but Clagg's father survived and was taken prisoner. He returned home and now lives his life out in shame. I can't remember what the circumstance was. He wasn't allowed to die. Was he t- just because he was taken prisoner? Yeah. Then he was out of the war situation. Yeah. And there was so much shame that he doesn't talk to him anymore. Yeah. And Riker's like, dude, that's your dad. We find out Riker's got some room to talk about dads. Oh, really? There's an episode coming up this season with Riker's dad, and he's a piece of work. Oh, no. Yeah. But Clagg says that's not the Klingon way, and Riker says, well, it wasn't the human way to eat gawk. And then he just takes a big bite of it. Hmm. Interesting scene. It's a great insight into their family values and how they contrast. Mm-hmm. Work is their life, not family. But Riker decides to be culturally insensitive and impose his own values. Oh, go on. Call your dad, he says twice. But at least he's scoffing live gah as he does so. He, he says, but it's your dad. Isn't that relationship important to you? Mm-hmm. And that's all he says. You're right. The it's implication a, is... It comes with judgment. That's your dad. He says it twice. He does. And maybe... He's trying to understand it. Like, mm-hmm. you're inferring that he is being derisive about it, but I don't think he necessarily is. I think he's just like, whoa, that's intense. Just trying to get his head around it. I'm going to defend this episode until my <laughs> dying day. And he doesn't say, well, my ways are better and your ways are worse. He mm. just says, look. People can change. People can change. Maybe, you know, like I wasn't eating gawk. Check it out. I'm eating gawk. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Keep an open mind. Maybe he's enjoying the gawk. Uh, maybe he is. On the Enterprise, Data has figured out that the organisms are feeding on materials in their hull and says that the Klingon ship has more concentrated materials and is at greater risk. Picard orders an intercept course with the PA. What was the Enterprise supposed to be doing where it was? They don't say. And what was the PA doing for that matter? They don't say. They don't need to. There's plenty going on already. Yeah, you need more? No. I wasn't asking any of these questions. I was just enjoying my entertainment experience. (laughs) They usually tell us what their mission is, though. We probably missed it. And all the fun. On the Klingon ship, Riker is called to the bridge by Cargan. He points out that this stuff has eaten a hole in their hull and will consume the whole ship in eight hours. Oh, yikes. They've got just a tiny crew, I think. It's everyone we've already seen. So have they got nobody who can do repairs? Maybe the repairs are too extensive or they don't have the materials to actually replace the hull. That's not very good, is it? No. What if you got hit by somebody's photon torpedo. You'd have to have somebody who can repair the hull in that circumstance. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe they're just gagging to die in battle. It's all they want. Yeah, it could be. That, that... wouldn't be an honourable death just dying from bacteria, though, would it? No. No, you're absolutely no. correct. Cargan thinks that the hole on the ship has been caused by some kind of Federation weapon, and Riker points out that that's silly. 
Yeah, which it is. But then Cargan asks, why was that spot scanned for two whole minutes? Mandon! Oh, boy. And Riker's just like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was with you. He's honest, saying, yeah. I can't answer that. Cargan orders them to cloak and ready their weapons to attack the Enterprise. Oh, imagine this in the context of an exchange student. <laughs> <laughs> She's over here from Russia. Now we're all going to, Yorkshire's going to attack Russia and you've got to come along. There you go. And march with us. Wesley talks to Mendon, who is feeling pretty down about everything. He messed up and there's no recovering from that. And Wesley tells him, hey, look, I mess up all the time. And they still let me fly the ship. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Basically he does, but no, nah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He tells Mendon you'll be fine and Mendon feels better. Aw, cute. Mendon, of course, then figures out how to fix the bacteria and Picard tells him, good job, buddy. They change their hails to the pock. Well done, Wesley. Helping him get his esteem back up. And well done, Mendon, with your expertise. Yeah. Whose job would this have been without Mendon there, though? Data. Yeah, he's Probably. just kind of sitting around in this episode. Yeah, he's, well, maybe he's working on other stuff. I don't, I don't know. He would have been a good mentor. Really good one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he would oh, be great. Well. The hole on the Klingon ship is getting bigger, and Cargan sends Riker to engineering. When he's gone, Clagg tells Cargan... Look, this Riker guy's all right. Maybe you should listen to him. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Clagg sticking up for Riker. It made Clagg more likable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is all just because he beat him up earlier and you liked the way he hung out with him in the yeah. mess hall or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and also Riker's making a lot of sense. Well, yeah. And Cargan's being really irrational. Yeah, time to kill him. When Riker's back, things get intense. I will obey your orders. I will serve this ship as first officer. And in an attack against the Enterprise... I will die with this crew, but I will not break my oath of loyalty to Starfleet. If you had told those secrets about the Enterprise, I would have labeled you a traitor and killed you where you stood. But instead, you will die with us. You will die with the Klingon. Oh, no. Just what he always wanted. Oh. <laughs> You lose either way. They get the new message about the fix for the bacteria in the hail, but still, Cargan thinks that's a trick. Ugh. The Klingons are not answering the hail for some reason. Story, because mm -hmm. it would be easily resolved if they did. Yeah. But there's no debris, so Data's able to conclude they must be cloaked rather than destroyed. But they don't understand why they're cloaked. Picard orders red alert as a precautionary. Well done. Rekka says, look, that's just because things look dodgy. They're not planning to attack. They won't attack first. Kagan says, we will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Riker looks like he gets an idea and he says, you know, you should uncloak within 40,000 kilometers. They won't be able to react as well. Mm. And Kargan goes, mm, okay, yeah, all right, that's a little strategy, that's cool. He's starting to come onto our side and be loyal. Yeah. So Riker gets out the transponder that he had with him, and he turns it on, and Kargan sees it, and he goes, is that a weapon? And Riker goes, oh, no, why don't you check it out? Look at it. <laughs> doesn't tell him what it is or anything, no. he doesn't ask. So Worf gets the signal, but he says he can't transport Riker until they're within... 40,000 kilometers. Uh, See what he's doing there? Clever Riker. Just when they're in range, the Klingon ship is about to decloak. Cargan is beamed over. Oh. Cargan is confused, pulls out his disruptor, but Worf stuns him. Oh, that was risky. Oh my gosh, He yeah. could easily have disrupted Picard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Riker tells the Klingons on the ship that he's in charge now, <laughs> and they go with it. Clang even seems kind of happy about it, to be honest. <laughs> Which fits within their rules. Yeah. So that's good writing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's fun. It is fun. Riker opens up Hales and he demands that the Enterprise surrender. Mm, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Picard sees what's going on and he's like, oh, okay, I get this. Wink. Uh-huh. And he goes, okay, we surrender. And so he surrenders the Enterprise to Riker. And then they killed all the yeah, people Yeah, and then on Riker the has everybody <laughs> put to death on the Enterprise now. Strange episode. <laughs> and that's the end? And that's the end of the, the next generation. Of TNG, yeah. Cargan is ticked off about this. He is ordered to return to a ship and Picard sends him back. When Cargan returns, Riker says he doesn't want to be the stupid captain anymore anyway. But then he sees all the Klingons getting cagey and remembers there has to be a way for Cargan to save face. And so is that why he does what he does so yes. that he can reestablish his chain of command? Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. also allow Riker to go home. Sounds mm -hmm. like he's getting That's a right. bit yeah. wary of it. So Riker growls at Kagan, and Kagan punches Riker so hard he goes flying across he, the place. Man, he freaking rocks him. Clag helps Riker up and says, you understand us better than I thought. <laughs> Kagan wants Riker off his ship and he's more than happy to oblige. Yep. The Enterprise finishes fixing the hole in the park and Riker is beamed over with, uh, with a big-ass shiner. It could have been worse. Worf is there to greet him. Your little toy worked, thanks. I'm glad it did. You come from very brave and unique people. I'm glad you're with us on the Enterprise. Thank you, Commander. And welcome home. <laughs> brave and unique just about does it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so concepts. We got the Benzite Protocol, which was not working well on the Enterprise, no. especially at a time of crisis. But interesting to hear about an alien race doing it very differently yeah. in teamwork or lack thereof. Yeah. Riker did more research in his two-hour prep time than the Benzite did in however long he had to, <laughs> <laughs> to prepare. Oh, there were some holes in his uh, manual. Yeah. Mendon was very eager to please, but he was being a know-it-all. It got on Worf's nerves and that caused trouble in itself. Mm -hmm. We had Klingon honor the number one's duty being to kill the captain, which is so different from Starfleet, but I can see the usefulness of it sure, <laughs> from yeah. some of the past yeah, episodes yeah. we've had. Better to put them in the brig, of course. Yeah. And the family values versus work being the focus of their lives yeah. and, and their honor. The whole eating bacteria we had, the Klingon piece seems very fragile. They're oh, just yeah. waiting for an excuse to let rip, aren't they? If, yeah. if those guys are anything to go on. <laughs> And they're the ones who agreed to an exchange program, my goodness. It was nice to have space battle stuff, knowing the perspective of both sides. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and how they each interpret shields up, for example, etc. Yeah, yeah. We don't know why the Klingons didn't just answer the hail and sort it out. That seemed to well, be just to further the story. Well, Cargan, yeah, he was all paranoid and nutty about it. And didn't trust him. Didn't trust anyway. him. And maybe they were just gagging to die in battle and or just scare Riker. Uh, who maybe? thought he could t handle it all. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. So for concepts, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Oh, that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 because I think this is more heavy than it seems on the surface. They're trying to show the Starfleet ideals about cultural acceptance. I mean, it's a little clunky. Like you said, there's a few things in there that seem a little stereotypical. But what they do in there is try and show that there is a variety of beliefs within the ship, of the Klingons, they're not uniform. They don't mm. all think the same way. They're not all gruff warriors that just want to kill all the time. They like having a good laugh. This is the first time that we get this kind of Klingon personality. That's well, we've some... had the hauled away as garbage kind <laughs> of We know we know they like a laugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, those guys were just mean. I don't know. I felt like they were were trying to layer it more in the B storyline with mm -hmm. the Benzite. 
uh, was kind of mirroring that on another level of like our society structured a bit differently. We do things differently and that works for us, but obviously it didn't work in this particular circumstance. So it's about looking at other cultures and figuring out what works and being open-minded and maybe a culture will do one thing better than you do in your culture. And there's a reason to incorporate that into yeah. Blue system. So and I think Mendon was trying to be honourable and oh yeah, be impressive there, wasn't yeah. he? And their way of doing it was to come up with a solution. Give me solutions, don't give me problems. Yeah, exactly. But that didn't go down so well. And it's a lot of pressure for one individual. Well, yeah, obviously. And it put them at risk when they've got a lot of other people who exactly. could have helped. So I'm gonna eight out of ten. I'm sticking with that. All right. Entertainment. Very entertaining throughout. Great pacing. I couldn't guess how it would unfold. It felt dangerous. Mm -hmm. I knew Riker wouldn't die, I guess, but there still was more of a sense of danger than yeah. there normally is. Yeah. Genuine peril. On the inside of a culture with some fun food and fights thrown in. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give it 9 out of 10. Yeah, 9 out of 10 as well. I w I'd almost give it a 10 out of 10, but I know that there's other episodes. But man, I just really love this episode. I just enjoy <laughs> it. So it's like... 9.5. Nine, I guess a 9.5. Yeah. It just, I could watch it again. Like if you said, let's go watch it again, I'd be like, sure. Yeah, that was fun. Really good. It's a good episode. Sexiness. Well, you've got to love the overt creeping of the of the Klingon ladies. Played for yucks and yucks, of course. I don't, I, I don't really understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but of course I wouldn't accept it in the same way if it was Klingon men creeping on Troy, say. Because, oh, right. you know, but I suppose it's because it was out of the ordinary that well, the, it was different. The power dynamic, like you said, isn't yeah. there. Like, he's her commanding officer, mm -hmm. and she's still like, yeah, I'll do you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming back for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't sure if Riker might have been up for it. Well, maybe. Yeah. I hear he's up for all sorts sure. of things. Riker was on cool form and kind of sexy in yeah, this episode. Yeah, totally. I was, I'm getting there now. Yeah. Three out of five. Yeah, three. I mean, for Star Trek, I don't know. There was something, something going on. Those Klingon ladies, Riker, yeah. it was all going on. I'm gonna give, it, I'm gonna give it a four. Oh whoa! I mean, Star Trek doesn't get that sexy. There was so. sex in the air, wasn't there? There was. I mean, they went off and had a threesome. Didn't they? What <laughs> else do you want? They did, didn't they? I mean, that was certainly the implication. Oh golly, that was good. Stupid experts. Failing to train Mendon or give him a person to shadow mm. who's actually approachable yeah. is really stupid. Just throw him on a crucial job without any of that. Yeah. That's just asking for trouble. Yeah. While Data just sits around, nobody even noticing what he's doing. Right. But the emergency transponder was good securitying from yeah. war. Mm -hmm. Riker rocked it with very little preparation, as yeah, far as we know. Exactly. Picard did very little, as is sort of usual lately, but what he did do was effective. Yeah. So, two out of five. Wow, wow, gosh. The only beef I have is that Morna wasn't trained properly. Yeah. And maybe. To be fair to them, they did catch it, just not as soon as they might have. Yeah. But here's the thing. I would like to think that it was a cultural problem, not an instruction problem. Like, maybe that's what we were trying to communicate here. Mm. That he, he knew that ship inside and out. Like, he came aboard. He had a whole list of things that they can do to optimize their performance. Yeah. So he obviously studied really hard. But like I said earlier, I think he studied the wrong things. He didn't mm -hmm. study the interpersonal things. So that's like a cultural problem. 
But you would prepare someone for the cultural cultural differences and Maybe the chain of command, wouldn't you? Dismiss them. Mordon's mm. an he's an ensign. He's a low level guy. And so, he thinks he's got a better way of doing yeah, things. Yeah. So two out of five I think is harsh. One out of five on yeah. stupid experts. I don't think he's the stupid one. I think the whole exchange student programs the stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> so your guesses were pretty good they actually. Were for a change. It was fun. Yeah. Riker was the straight man among the zaniness. Uh-huh. One of the women did fancy him. Yeah. Worf, he didn't try and impress the Benzite, but he did become frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. Yay. I want to thank our patrons for being awesome. You're all sweet baby angels. And without your support, Rachel and I would have stopped doing the show a long time ago. And oh, yeah. I would have sh- been out of here. And then I would have never watched this episode. I know. Welcome to Ensign Kurt Matzenbacher. Welcome, Kurt. And thank you for your support of the show. Yeah. Get the heck out of here. We're going to play a teaser for next week's episode. Okay. Measure of a Man, one of the best episodes of Star Trek. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So let's hear that. Next time on Star Trek, the next generation. It's unjustified. It's unfair. He has rights. A Starfleet experiment threatens to dismantle data for android research. And what's at stake? My very life. No, Captain Picard is data's last hope for survival. What is he? A machine. And now a man will shut it off. Objection. On Star Trek. The next generation. Whoa, so excited. Am I going to peak too soon with this next one? Maybe. I think it's all pretty downhill for season two after this episode. Yeah. Oh, better enjoy it then. Enjoy it while it's here. Thank you, everybody. With that, I'm Rachel Lackett. And I'm Chris Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Bye. Star Trek!